Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, the ages of all ages. Amen. John the Baptist's birth was for a purpose. He had a purpose, and he himself spoke of that purpose throughout his life, throughout his mission, till he was beheaded for the sake of that purpose. And when he spoke of his purpose, he was always connecting it to he who sent him. If you notice, he was the forerunner of the Messiah. And every time he spoke, he connected everything back to he who sent him. Every time he, he's, he was connecting everything back to he who sent him. Now, every one of us has to recall that we have a purpose. Now, what does this mean when we say we have a purpose? I want you to connect this to everything that was thought of when John the Baptist was born. He was told something very interesting. They said, what kind of child would this be? They said, what kind of child would this be? And they feared because they wondered, is he going to be strong? Is he going to be this? Is he going to be that? Especially the fact that his father, Zechariah, was mute and couldn't speak for this whole time. And suddenly said, his name shall be John. His name was connected greatly to the meaning of who he was. Now, you have a purpose. I'm sure you agree with me when we say that. Every one of us here has a purpose. Now, it says that when... Zechariah spoke, he said, You, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people, by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercies of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. So how did he know this? How would he know this? Unless he was given the spirit of prophecy. Every one of us has been created... To fulfill a purpose. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says he has put eternity into our hearts. This is our purpose. Eternity is our purpose. Jeremiah the prophet himself. When at one point. Was afraid of what God was calling him to. Said. The Lord told him. Before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So before he was formed in the womb, he was known. So this is written in your soul. This is written. It's like you are created in the image and likeness of your Redeemer. And there are things prepared for you from before you come into this world. Every single one of us has this. It's written in your soul. This is what Solomon meant when he said he has put eternity into our hearts. This eternity is again beyond the thoughts of what am I going to do? Am I going to be a doctor one day? Am I going to be an engineer one day? Am I going to live in Canada one day or Australia another day? It's far greater and far beyond all of that. You are called to do things beyond that you may know even right now. Even if you say, well, how much left for me to do? I am 50, 60, 70, 80. Moses began his greatest adventure at 80. Moses began his greatest adventure at 80. 
Many people were called to things when they least expected. Because even St. Paul says the gift and call of God are irrevocable. When God is calling us, this call is far-reaching and far beyond any thought we have before we're even created in the womb. St. Paul tells us that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them from before we're born. You see, God is looking at you even before you come into this world. I'm, this is my son. This is my daughter. I love her. I love him. I will name him so-and-so. I will name her this. You think it's your parents who chose your name. Yes, but God inspired them to give you your name. And I will have them do this and she will do that. And they will touch the hearts of this and do this for this. And great works prepared. Doesn't mean we're going to do them 100% because sometimes we being human have our way of shifting or drifting away from the will of God. And because of that, we sometimes choose other things to do instead. But God, the great GPS, reconnects us and recalculates us back to his image, to what's been printed in our hearts and our souls, to do what we have been created to do. Now, why does this matter so much to him? So do what you want, people say. You're free. Do what you want. Yeah, people could say that. We can consider thinking this way. But the reason why God cares so much about this recalculation is because he loves us so much and he realizes what will happen to us when we begin to live according to this purpose. Notice how St. Barnabas today was commemorated in the Synexarian. And he is the one who said in the book of Acts, he encouraged the disciples, the apostles, the early church, that with purpose of heart. I mean, if I ask you, what is purpose? What is purpose? If you say, what is the word purpose? If you look it up even in the English dictionary, the word purpose is basically the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So we exist for this. Even the Lord Jesus used that term upon himself when he said, it is for this purpose that I have come forth. So how much greater is it when we fulfill our purpose? Rather than, mm, I'm not sure. Not sure what I'm going to do today or tomorrow. Ah, today is New Year's Eve. Today is 2023. Tomorrow is 2024. Your life is much greater than dates and hours and times in your calendar. Much, much greater. The purpose that God has created for. And that's why even in the psalm, David says, may he grant you. Like, it's his wish. It's the wish inspired by the spirit of prophecy. By the Holy Spirit. Through David, that he grants you according to your heart's desire. And fulfill all your purpose. This is your greatest desire. You may not know it yet. You may not even know. I, what, what is God's will for me? I don't know. People are not sure. But let me tell you, once you have discovered it. Once you know why you're here and you walk and work towards that purpose, you will be fulfilled. You will begin to be satisfied. Your life will begin to reach its full meaning. Like you start coming full circle with, why am I here in the first place? Why was I born in the first place? Why do I have this life? Why am I here not there? There's a purpose. Purpose means a lot of things. St. Paul says, this is a very special passage in 1 Corinthians, but I want to focus in the middle. If you look, it says, Therefore I run thus, 
not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. So it's not, it's not haphazardly. I'm not swinging this way or that way and hoping for whatever, you know, come what may. Your life is way more than come what may. Way, way more than that. The Lord Jesus Christ, in His infinite love and wisdom, did not die on the cross for come what may. It was a very definitive purpose. Very laser focused. I'm here to redeem my creation. I have called you by name. You are mine. Fear not. You are mine. Again, that's why you and I are saying, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we, we say it over and over again. But how much greater is it when we start saying, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and really mean it from the bottom of our hearts? Whatever that will is. So, well, what if it's not what I want? It's okay. That's fine. Because His will will definitely always trump my will. It will always be better and perfect and complete and lacking nothing, lacking no good thing. This is the meaning of not with uncertainty, not as one who beats the air. We spoke about this last week and we spoke about that passage where the Lord Jesus tells His disciples after having spoken to the Samaritan woman, that my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Nothing else will fulfill you. Nothing else will satisfy you. Live with purpose of heart. Remember your purpose. So basically, ultimately, you and I have been created lovingly in the image of God. Which means that ultimately, with time, day after day, year after year, 2023, 2024, and so on and so forth, all the way to the second coming, all the way till we enter into our joy, into His rest for eternity, that His image may come fully clear again in each and every one of us. This is the will, the food that satisfies, the will that will fulfill us, the purpose for why we're here. So everything fits under that, or everything, if you want, is built on that. That's why earlier this morning in the Matins Gospel, it says, Who are my mother and my brothers? They told him, Your mother and your brother are outside seeking you. He said, Who are they? Looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother, is my sister, is my mother. Whoever does the will of God, seeking the will of God, seeking to fulfill his will. So we say again, What would that be? St. Paul tells us, that we ought to strive to excel in building up the church. It says, if you desire to excel, let it be for the edification or the building of the church. What is that? What does that mean? What is the church? The church, again, as you've heard many times and you know very well, is every one of us, every single member of the body of Christ. This church, that church, that church, this city, that city, this country, that province, this is the body of Christ. So seeking how can I contribute, how can I hasten the coming of the Lord, how can I be a contribution, a positive contribution to the edification of this body, to the edification of this church in everything I do and say. He goes on to say, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever it is, whatever it is you're going to endeavor to do. So this means it's much more than I want to be a doctor one day. I want to be an engineer one day. 
I want to be a lawyer one day. I want to be an artist, a musician. It's far greater than that. That's why they say if you live for your own glory, that is not glory. Because living for your own personal glory or whatever purpose you think, you know, I want to be rich, powerful, famous, this, that, this will not satisfy you. This is so limited compared to what you have been created for, for eternity. So fine, go ahead, work and so on. Do what you have to do, but do it all for the glory of God. I, I was speaking to a, a beloved friend of mine who many years ago had a fatal accident. When I say fatal, I mean he died. He literally died in his accident. I said, what? He died? And how do you know? He came back. I said, what do you mean he came back? This is what happened. Without going into too many details. Had an accident. Very serious. Rushed to the hospital. He dies. On the gurney in the hospital. And what happens? He says, I see myself. I see myself on the bed in the hospital. What? You see yourself? So I'm listening to him intently. He says, yeah, I, I could see. And you can see the ER doctor and the nurses and the staff like hovering around the bed, doing everything they can to save him, revive him before he's gone. He's, he, he says, I could even hear the doctor swearing at the staff. Could you imagine? Like there's, Under so much pressure, the doctor starts using four-letter words because she was so angry and she said, how can we let a 19-year-old die like this? He was 19 at the time. And he said suddenly he was whisked away, gone. He wasn't there anymore. He said, suddenly I found myself somewhere else completely. No, no, I was no longer in this hospital room. No longer on this bed. He couldn't see what was going on. He left all the noise and the hustle and the bustle and all the beeping and the defibrillator. And all that stuff that happens in an ER room and then trying to resuscitate someone. All gone. He said finally he found himself in a very dark place. He says it was void of anything. Like it's very dark, very bleak. He could not hear a thing, see a thing, smell a thing. His senses were no longer active. Nothing. He says it was the most frightening thing anyone could ever experience in their life. Ever. Then he says, suddenly when I thought, okay, so this is it, I'm dead, and this is my eternity. This was my purpose. 19 years and done. Like he was, you say, well, how did he know this? He's just thinking in retrospect when he comes back to life. He says, suddenly in all this darkness, I hear, you do not belong here. I have called you by name, you are mine. He tells me, when I heard those words, I knew this is my creator. I knew this was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I heard and I knew. I had never heard him before, but I knew at that moment. I knew for sure at that moment who it is who was telling me, you do not belong here. I have called you by name, you are mine. He says, I will never forget those three phrases until I meet him again. I'll never forget. I live by these three. Because I live by this. I don't belong in this dark void. He called me by name. I am his. I will never forget that till I meet him again. And he says, because of that, I never fear death anymore. 
because I know exactly what happens back and forth. He says, suddenly, after he heard, you don't belong here. I've called you by name. You are mine. He found himself back in his body, back in the ER room, back in everything that you can imagine happens in there. And suddenly he's like, takes a deep breath and he's back. And he wakes up and they look at him and everyone is like, all right, good job. We did it. We did it. Yeah, high five, high this, high that. When they had no idea that it has nothing to do with the high five or the high this or the high that. It had to do with he who created him who has the power over life and death. And not only does he have that power over life and death, he has, he is the love over life and death. He is love. And because of that, he said, you don't belong here. Go back and fulfill your purpose. Go back and fulfill your purpose. So now you say, well, what is he doing with it? What has he done since? Has he become a monk? Is he living in the desert as an ascetic, as an anchorite? No, he lives in the world. He's married, he has a family. So what is he doing? Goes to work? Yeah, he goes to work. What else does he do? Does he have a coffee in the morning? Yeah, he has, he has a coffee and sometimes a macchiato. He has whatever you want every morning. He goes ahead and goes to Starbucks like the rest of you do. He's living, but with a great difference now. Now everything is Christ-centered. Everything is on purpose. Everything. The way he sips his coffee is on purpose. So he's grateful for the sip as he drinks it. The way he drives his car, the way he starts his car, the way he kisses his wife goodbye on the morning on the way to work, the way he comes back from work, the way he this, the way he does, everything is on purpose now. It's no longer beating the air haphazard. It's, it's done. Because he saw with his own eyes death. And for those who have seen death with their own eyes, I'm sure some of you have, sometimes in someone else, and you see them come back to life again, you're supposed to live differently because of that. This, this person I'm talking to you about has begun for the past years to live differently. He lives everything on purpose now. No longer thinking about what am I doing the next minute or what am I going to do for Christmas or New Year's or where am I going to go for summer vacation. It's no longer about the mundane and the materialistic and the earthly. He says all this is like, yeah, okay, whatever. But now it's about living, Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It's become that. That's, that's his aim now. Seek first. Like C.S. Lewis says, seek heaven, you'll get earth thrown in. Because earth is just, huh. Seek earth only, you get neither. And I'm sure no one here wants to get neither. But if you're going to opt for one of them, I encourage you, I exhort you, I eagerly entreat you, seek heaven. And let whatever else get thrown in as bonus. Because once you've gotten heaven, nothing else matters anymore. Everything else is details. It's like, you, I'm sure you remember those t-shirts they used to do, you know, basketball is life, the rest is just details. Soccer is life, the rest is just details. In reality, Jesus is life, the rest is just details. Everything else is details. Everything else becomes detail. So if you start living this way with purpose, on purpose, remembering your purpose, you're going to start letting go of a lot of things that have been shackling you to this planet, whether it's addictions, sins, hatred, lack of forgiveness, your arrogance, your pride, your name, who you know, what you know, the connections, 
the sins that you're doing that you're afraid to repent and confess of. And the list goes on and on. All these things, you're going to start snipping them off yourself. Because now you realize that I'm created for something way greater, far-reaching, and eternal than this. You're going to start thinking that for yourself and realize it and live it. You're going to remember your purpose. So that's why St. Paul tells us we make it our aim. Therefore, because of all this, we make it our aim. We make it our purpose. We make it our goal, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Not to them, not to her, not to what people think, not to my image, to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Every one of us will stand in front of that righteous seat. And we call it righteous because our God is seeking any way possible to bring us into the kingdom, to be with Him forever. But we are the ones who are hindering, inhibiting that possibility sometimes. But when we start changing our purpose, we'll know. That's why Micah tells us, He has shown you, O man and woman, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Very easy. Three things. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. I say, well, we, we've heard this many times. Yeah, I know. Of course we have. And we're going to hear it again, for sure. Here or elsewhere. Because this is the word of God. This is not the word of a priest. This is the word of God. The prophet was prophesying by the Spirit of God. When he said these words in Micah chapter 6. Do justly. Love mercy and walk humbly with your God. That's all he requires. And my friend who came back from the dead. Is living this way now. He says this is how I live now. So yes. Is he successful at work? Or does he just sit there waiting for death to come? No. He's very successful by the way. But he's not living. Because for this. Because as the Lord says. Where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. Now he lives not for this. He, he uses this stuff. He uses the details to fulfill his purpose. Whether it's his work, whether it's this, whether it's that. Whatever the Lord has given him, as he knows that he is a steward of these things, for a limited time, he is using every single one of these things for his purpose. To fulfill the image of God in him. St. Macarius says, Truly it is not the name of monk or layperson or virgin or wife, and husband, but an upright disposition that God seeks. And he gives his Holy Spirit to all of these people. So whether you're called to be in the desert or in the world, the Holy Spirit is with you to guide you to fulfill your purpose, to fulfill God's aim in you. So I, we leave with this and think, my son, give me your heart. This is the words of the Lord on the tongue of Solomon in Proverbs. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. The Lord says, give me your heart. Let me work with your heart. Let my purpose shine through your heart. Because I have put eternity into your heart. Let me and you work together for this purpose to be fulfilled. And stop living for the temporary and the seen and the mundane. And start living knowing that before you came into this world, just like John the Baptist, you were ordained for something greater than you can imagine. For the salvation of every soul you encounter, including yours. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.
This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.